welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm happy that you're with us today. You know, ours is the first generation in all of human history that has been able to find definitive answers to some of humankind's oldest questions. And the the answers come from people who really know the truth because they're people that we used to think were dead and they're not dead after all. As we study communications received a century and more ago, we realize that the dead have always been telling us many of the same truths, great and small. But it's only now that we're putting together enough of the bits of evidence from science, from scripture, from seances, from, well, you know, ghost stories, mediums of every stripe. Now at last we're beginning to really know the truth. And as Jesus said, when you know the truth, the truth does set you free. What we're going to talk about today, and actually two more times over the next six weeks or so, is something that nearly everybody, I think, would agree is the worst thing that can happen to any of us. It's the loss of a child at any age. What they never tell you when they hand you that little bundle in the hospital is that in many important ways, you never will be able to put it down again. My oldest was in an auto accident at the age of 21, and she suffered a traumatic aortic tear, the same injury that killed Princess Diana. So they told us when she was going into surgery that nobody survives the repair work for a traumatic aorta. It's a, they told us to assume they were going to be saying goodbye. <laughs> I spent that whole night on my knees. I was crying, of course, but I was giving her back to God. I thanked God over and over again for the gift of this beautiful child who was 21 at the time. She wasn't a child. And I just, I never once, I never once begged for her life because her life belonged to God. I just kept putting her back into God's arms. I do know to this day, I believe the only reason, 20 years later, the only reason I have this beautiful, beautiful young woman in my life is that I refused to beg for her life. I knew she belonged to God, and I gave her back. I'm sorry, I just felt the need to talk about that. I never talk about it, but I I don't know how it feels really to lose a child, but I know how it feels to come close. And I have to tell you, some of the people who hold the brightest places in my heart are parents who have been through that, except God chose then to take the child. And so I'm. I, my hat goes off to our wonderful guest today and to the two bereaved parents who will be our guests over the next few weeks. One of the things that they never tell you, too, is that when young people die, the dead tell us it's always a planned death. They tell us that child chose to come in as a gift to the people who are who survive, who are going to love that child and then have to put her or him back into God's arms. And I, I tell you, everybody I've ever told has told that to, everybody who has lost a child says, I would never have signed up for this. And yet all those people go through this horrible loss and they go on to do with their lives such wonderful things for other people. That's one of the reasons I love them so much. And and there's a great organization. If you are ever in this position, helpingparentsheal.org is where you should go. The Two of the three people we'll be talking about, one today and one in a couple of weeks, are members, very active members of Helping Parents Heal. And I have to just say, I watched it begin, I've watched it grow. Um, what they do is God's work for certain. Our guest today is a wonderful man. His name is David Allison. Um, I I know that um, we, everybody has a life before some, this sort of thing happens, but his life has been unusual um, in that he has been had extremely an extremely successful career, starting in businesses and 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 really being an entrepreneur in every sense. He's a software engineer, consultant, and a successful, very successful entrepreneur. And he was just bringing his only son, Davy, into his business when on July twentieth, twenty sixteen. Davy died in a car crash at the age of 24. Now, 
the book that, that David wrote is called A Father's Search for His Son. No, first it's called Finding Davy. Its subtitle is A Father's Search for His Son in the Afterlife. And I have to tell you, if you have lost a child, this is a book to read because it's a very well-written book. Um, he's actually quite a good writer and all the people are well-rounded and he doesn't spare anything. And yet he talks about his growth in ways that you can really identify with. So again, it's called Finding Davy. And if you ever feel the need for it, please do read his book. So, David, after all that introduction and all my motion, um, welcome. I'm so glad you're here with us again. He's here for the Thank third you. time, I should tell you. And I have been told he's one of our most our most favoritist of all of our guests. So, oh, Thank you. Thank you so much, Roberta. Plaudits to you, yes. Well, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy uh, talking to you and communicating with you. There's... Uh, uh, there's just an easy way that you have for pulling really great information out of people and and sharing that and also uh, the work that you do I think is so important so it's just it's very special to me too. Big virtual hug, dear. Yes, there we go. <laughs> we celebrate each other. Now, um, I want to talk again about um, Davy and about that experience because there are some things about it that are so unusual and important that I want to make sure people who haven't heard our prior interviews will know about them. Mm -hmm. And then um, I want to talk more about meditation as a way to communicate because that's something which I know that you've been doing and I'm wondering where you are with it now. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I know you do a lot of is mentoring of people who have just lost a child. And I'd like to talk some about that what you've learned from that experience. And then finally, we're going to talk about helping parents heal a little bit and and promote their wonderful conference that's upcoming in April. Mm -hmm. So first, um, let's talk a little bit about about Davey. He he, he seems to have been an extraordinary young man. And looking back, you had things that were happening around that time, which clearly, don't you think he knew he was about to transition? Yeah, there, there's no question that that Davy uh, had a sense that this was coming, and you know we had been working for the previous six months. He had graduated college uh, in the in the winter in December of 2015, and then 2016 we had uh, we were in the process. He and my oldest daughter uh, Jocelyn, we were in the process of working together on a startup, and things were going really well. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of work going into the business, a lot of progress, and and then. Uh, on a Monday morning, uh, three days before uh, the accident, or two days uh, before, uh, he suddenly uh, changed. His behavior changed. It actually happened a little bit on Sunday night, but then Monday morning, I, I came into the office and was sitting at a, you know, we shared an office, and and as I was working, uh, Davey came in a little late, and and he broke out in tears and started crying, and that was really unlike him. It's like, right. Davey, what's wrong? And he said, Dad, I, I finally get it. I understand God. I, I get it. <laughs> and and oh. it was this uh, just this moving moment. And, and we spent uh, the better part of that morning. I was a little shocked. You know, I'm, I'm uh, a very practical person. And I had been while well, I'd been raised Catholic. I, I'm an engineer. I, I look at things in very factual, objective ways. And so my initial reaction was, wow, this is very touching. I, I, I wanted to explore it. And so we talked about it and kind of walked through things. And I shared uh, the beliefs that I had at that point in time and, and the perspectives that I had. And uh, he was just in that was all he could think about. And over the course of the next two days, the, a, a huge transformation came over him, um, became very clear that uh, he wanted a change in his life. He, he just became so enthralled with this concept of of god and and you know he just seemed so deeply happy uh wow it was a it was a very disconcerting thing for me as a father yes. uh, right having been raised catholic i i would consider myself a wayward catholic i i was i was raised in a catholic environment went to catholic schools uh, so I was well versed in uh, the Bible as presented in traditional Catholic environments, and then uh, I drifted away from the church. Um, some of the the challenges that the church presented uh, did not feel, did not resonate with me, and so I kind of moved away. I didn't. I wouldn't say I became a, a atheist, but I was very. I became agnostic. Um, I didn't. I didn't. The way God was presented to me in my teachings was not um, didn't resonate, and so 
uh, I explored a bunch of different modalities and looked at different things, but I, nothing really resonated. So I became, I guess you could call it agnostic. And uh, when you're science-based like I am and very enthralled with engineering principles, you become driven yes. by that. Yes, right, and, right. And that's that's kind of what, what said it. So that when I was communicating with Davey and talking about this, I was kind of driving him more towards the uh, intellectual perspective and not the feeling perspective, which is what he had. And this culminated in uh, the Wednesday of uh, his actual accident, uh, a series of touching stories that he told me and things he was relating to me. Uh, but then uh, on Wednesday, on a Wednesday, July 20th, 2016, that's the day that the two police cars, unmarked police cars, pulled up in front of our house. And as you mentioned, uh, and you know that you can feel it in your telling of your story with your daughter, the emotion that is charged with that kind of life event is tremendous. Um, yeah, that was found, 20 years later, and yeah. she survived. So yeah. that's how that's how bad it is to be that close. Wow. Yeah. Well, and it, this is this is the nature of life, right? We experience these tremendous right. sways in emotion, and we have all of these different events that trigger perspective changes in our life and and things. And this was a big one for me. That um, it's interesting because I I don't believe that Davy died that day. I mean, we talked uh, about um, the the concept of, of spirits uh, surviving uh, physical death. There is no real death. There's the physical death of the body, but there's not right. the physical death of the soul. And um, But there is a very big part of my ego that died that day. And yeah. the ego of my wife and my daughters and, and many of our friends and family who had to adjust to a life without Davy's physical presence. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was he was very special in your family. That's very clear. And and that morning before he even got in his car, didn't he, you know, like hug you and say, I'll never leave yeah. you? Yeah, he, there was uh, he he went for uh, he, he had he had told me that he wanted to stop working on the startup, which left me uh, just in a state of shock. I, here I was uh, moving towards us achieving this shared goal. I was excited about it. He had he had shared all of that excitement right up until that that week, um, and suddenly he wanted a complete change in his life. and And I was panicking over that. I was worried about it, and uh, I expressed that concern. And I was very emotional when I expressed my concern about him because I wasn't thinking about this in a spiritual sense. I was uh, I, I didn't put that together until much later. When this was happening, I was thinking, what's going on with him? Is he having a is there some psychotic issue? Is there a right. is yeah. there, a, you know, is he having a nervous breakdown? Is this right. a midlife crisis at 24 or what, you know, quarter life crisis? W- what's happening? And uh, so I was emotional. I talked to him on the phone. He had gone for a run and uh, he was very into running. And uh, he uh, uh, we talked on the phone and he came running back home and. I was sitting out on the screen in porch and he came up and he gave me this big hug and he pushed his face against mine. And I can still feel today right now. I can feel the the light shaving. You know, if you've hugged a guy and I don't hug many yeah, guys, right. <laughs> but you, you feel right. that five o'clock shadow on your face. It's like, you know, you're <laughs> hugging a guy. And my son pushed his face up against the side of mine and he just said, Dad, don't worry, I will never leave you. And when he said that, it had this calming effect on me because it wasn't a message that I was prepared. I, you know, I was thinking at that time in the context of, oh, he wants to leave. He wants to get out of here. He doesn't want to anything to do with me or anything else. That's how I reacted to it. But he was actually giving me a deep, very spiritual message that wasn't evident until later. It was yeah. something that I desperately needed to. So. You yeah. had some some early signs, which I thought were wonderful. But then you you developed more concrete communication with him. Uh, you used meditation. Tell us a little bit about how you established more communication with him as time went on. Well, the first the first communication that I had with him that was really profound and and uh, uh, in a recordable, relatable nature was I sat down to write him a letter. Um, I, oh, I remember been, this. Yes, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I that. had been I had been reading. Uh, about grief and and about the management of grief and you know and kind of like how do you deal with this and and one of the things that that I that I read was you know if you write a letter to a person that had passed 
it gives you an opportunity to kind of collect your thoughts and, and create that message that you want to send to them. And as I sat down at my computer, I, I really struggled to figure out what to say to my son. And and I basically just typed in, I, I don't know if I can do this. I wrote that into my blank word processor page. Right. And I heard very clearly Davey say, it's okay, Dad, I'm right here. And oh. I wrote that down. And I then I started to have a dialogue with him, and I recorded that dialogue. I, I typed into my computer the, the what I was feeling at that point, and how the how his loss, his leaving us, his death, if you will, was affecting us, affecting me. And he, the, the communication I received back from him was a fully formed thought in my head. It wasn't the kind of vocal vocalization of a thought you know how you kind of made uh, i don't know if you experience this but i experience thoughts sometimes by an inner dialogue you know oh, yeah. i like this i don't like that i don't say it out yeah. loud but it's kind right. of in my head i'm forming a, a thought the, right. the communication i received from him was a fully formed thought in my head that i could not type out fast enough um, yes. and so it definitely felt different than the way I was forming the thoughts that I was typing in. I was actually typing in much slower as I was communicating to him when he when when his response came in, it was just boom. I I as fast as I can touch that's that. That's fascinating because yeah. in fact those who are in spirit communicate in boluses of thought just like that. Exactly yeah. like that. So um and I, I thought it would probably be a little harder for people to get used to communicating that way, but he was obviously into it right then. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, over time, and that was very early, that was only a, a couple of weeks into the, the process, um, just a few weeks after his passing. And that uh, cre- that opened the door. And I started to explore more spiritual teachings. I started reading more about the life after death. And and as, a, as an engineer, I wanted to understand physically, is this even possible? Is it, is it, possible for consciousness to survive physical death is the because i always thought consciousness was a byproduct of chemical reactions in the brain of course that's nonsense but everyone thinks that's well yeah it's the perspective that that we have and so i i i needed to overcome that and that's when i availed myself to a lot of the research and once i once i exposed myself to to some of that research and i and i did it in a truly open-minded way, um, allowing that these things could be true, all of a sudden it became very clear. And, and then uh, one of uh, one of my uh, uh, spiritual teachers, if you will, is a medium, Suzanne Giesman, who who's an amazing, amazing medium and uh, a really great teacher and connecting and especially very involved in helping parents heal and helping parents deal with this. Her stepdaughter, uh, Suzanne uh, died in a lightning strike. So she, she, this is something that she has personal experience with, yes. along with being a very gifted medium. Right. And uh, she advocates for using meditation as a vehicle to be able to communicate and connect. And uh, so I, I, and I read a lot about the health benefits of meditation. So I thought, you know, good heck. <laughs> right. Yeah, give this a try. And right. uh, that. Uh, opened the door for the establishment of a meditation practice that I rigorously do every day. I shouldn't say rigorous because it sounds like a like work. It's actually the highlight of my morning is uh, taking that time to meditate, and um, you know that also allows you to exercise some of those muscles that you know stop the constant flow of thoughts that go on in your head. At right. least for me, I, I have a difficult time. Given the nature of the work that I do, being an engineer, being an executive now in a, in a software company, I've got a lot of things going on, and my mind is racing between a lot of different things. And a meditation practice allows you to start to silence that and manage it better. It stops being a fire hose that is nobody's holding on to of thought that's spraying all over the place, and it right. allows you to learn how to you know, turn that dial back a little bit and be able to actually uh, listen to really truly listen. So uh, that that's how meditation for me has opened the door to a much better connection with Davey. I, I have a seamless connection with him now. So what, what is it like? Do you, you feel his presence? Mm-hmm. Does he give you thoughts that that are in your mind and you, that you can recognize? Well, you his? know, that's, 
Yeah, that, and we've talked about this before, right? I, I, I believe that that's the, the challenge for me personally is that I have a difficult time sometimes distinguishing because I also have a connection with my dad. My father passed six months after, after Davey. Uh-huh. Um, and the relationship I had with my dad was strained at times. And, and so I, very often my dad will come through and very often my mom will come through. Oh, wow, it's old home week. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I, I have these deep connections with them. And sometimes the messages are very clearly from Davey or from my dad or from my mom. Very often, though, it is this uh, profound uh, thought or awareness or feeling that comes in that is manifested as a perspective. And uh-huh. I very often attribute that to Davy, but I believe in many ways it's a merged consciousness. And, and I believe that the, the concept of a universal consciousness, the all that is, the source, God, uh-huh. um, that, that we're all connected in a way that, you know, here in this physical experience, we have a tendency to focus on the separateness of things. And we focus on how to isolate things and do things like, how do you know it's this person when in reality we're all connected in a way that, the relevance of that stops to become important. It stops being important. Does that uh-huh. make sense? Yes, um, you're right. I, ultimately, it really doesn't matter because we are all one being, and we are there. There is much less of a separation between, especially people who are kindred spirits, people who love one another, than we realize. I mean, yeah. it's we're, we're, we're not like separate little pins in a pegboard. Instead, we are one seamless um, uh, consciousness. In yeah. fact, they tell us there's not even a, a separation. You you are inextricably part of the entire consciousness that that's all of humankind, which is part of the consciousness which we think of as God. It's all the same. And yet yes. you are still individually you. I don't really understand it, but they tell us that's what's going on. And you're feeling that then. Yes, very much. In fact, the, oh, when, that, when that perspective shift starts to occur, then it allows you to see things in a very different light. Um, th- I mean, I think that's the key with anything in life is the more that you're able to open your belief systems to being questioned, the more that you're able to change your perspective, uh, allowing yourself to shift and be able to see it through the lens of global consciousness as opposed to I'm a separate individual physical body and I run around in my little meat suit and this is me and yes. everything about me is separate from everybody else and right. my ego drives for food and money and all the other things that I right. want, right, to right. keep this physical body alive. When you shift the perspective, um, it just becomes different. You look at the vessel as this temple of who you are as opposed to um, it being a, uh, a, a separate thing. Now, how do you see god then because you were an atheist you were an agnostic mm-hmm. you certainly have moved far beyond that what is your vision of the godhead at this point and what's going on you know it's a complex relationship and i don't know that words the way that we express these things <laughs> right. do justice for it. right uh, that, exactly. and, and i know that can sound like a swarmy kind of no, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it to me. It's the closest thing that I can relate it to is is falling in love. If you tried to to clinically uh, understand the relationship that you have when you fall in love with someone, and you know, I'm head over heels in love with my wife. She's she's been my soulmate from the beginning. I knew it. I I'm head over heels in love with my children. And yeah. you know, when people say, "Well, how do you love someone?" Do you think? I don't know. You just do, right? How do you explain it, right? Yeah. And it's ironically, it's one of the aspects of some of the biblical teachings that I've heard where proselytizing is used to say, you must love this right. and you, you must love that. It's like, right. how do you make somebody love you someone? You actually. Yeah, you can't. You can't command that. It is an experience that you have to have. And, and love I, is so, the highest vibration. Yeah. So love makes you happy like nothing else makes you happy. Yeah. So th- that's you must be really joyous during these meditations where you're connecting with these people you love who are in spirit now. It is a blissful experience. It's probably the yes. closest word that we have to express the feeling of completeness. Of uh, It's like a warm embrace. You know, yes. I, I'm a big hugger and and. You know, when you and this is one of the things I loved about Davy's physical 
being was that he, he was the best hugger. He'd, he'd give you this bear hug and you <laughs> felt connected, you know, and, yeah. and that, that feels that physical feeling of connection is something that you can actually experience through meditation in a mental way. And right. it's one of those things that you know it when you feel it, when you experience that, it is profound. So uh, th- you're, this is something you do every day. You, you, you meditate and you, do you always have connections then with your loved ones in spirit? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that I have connections with my loved ones in spirit in a productive way that implies there's some action associated with it. Um, uh-huh. it, it would be more like, uh, you know, if you're sitting on a park bench next to somebody uh, and just being in their presence makes you feel good. Yes. And many times that's the relationship that I'll have. Um, it is that it is that knowing he's right there. And, and initially, when the relationship was still in its infancy in spirit, I found myself constantly wanting to reassure myself that he was there. And it's like, yes, still here. You know, and you start to realize that do you really need to do that. Um, it, it's like, I, yeah, dad, I'm right here. Yeah. Right here. You know, so, you know, their personality doesn't go away. Their personality is still the same. Um, So so many times the reaction that I would get would create that sense of confidence that this is actually my son or, you know, my dad. You know, my dad had this ridiculous sense of humor and he injects it at certain times. And and this isn't just in meditation. It also happens in signs. There'll there'll be a reminder or something will come up. uh, You'll see something on television. You'll pass by a marker on the road. Anything can trigger those kinds of experiences and that you feel their presence. And and very often you'll hear people say, you know, oh, that reminds me of this or oh, that reminds me of that. Very often that's right. a sign. That's actually a connection that you're establishing. It's part yes. of you tapping in to that global consciousness, recognizing that you're a part of it and opening yourself up to allowing the aspect of the person that you're missing, the person that you're, you wish you had in. I think that's a very important point. Um, people will tell me about amazing signs, like, oh, my goodness, aren't you blessed? And then they'll say, but I think it was a coincidence. And I'll say, what is yeah. wrong with you? <laughs> that's like the old joke, right? It's the person that's driving through the parking lot and saying, oh, God, all I want is a parking spot up front right here. Please, God. Oh, wait, never mind. Here's one. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> Right. That's right. That's right. We we have this tendency to default to this material, physical perspective. Right. And if you can change your perspective, then it makes things a lot easier. It it makes communicating with your loved ones very easy because once they know that you are recognizing something they did, they'll give you more and more signs. They love giving us signs. The problem is most people will not recognize them. And the signs are, as you're pointing out, David, they're just the start. You can develop a really intense relationship with someone um, in spirit. We're we're going to be talking with Carol Morgan for, I think, the third time uh, in a few weeks. And she's someone else who lost her son. And now he's communicating through her and it's extraordinary what they do but in yeah. the beginning she just she knew nothing yeah yeah i i had uh, i'll be honest i if somebody had told me four years ago this uh-huh. you know this is now we're about three and a half years into this journey if somebody had told me four years ago that this would be the trajectory of my life and that this is what you're going to be doing and you're going to be talking to Roberta, uh, um, you know, <laughs> you're going to have written a book about this stuff that I would have right. laughed in their face. I, there's no way right. that this would be something that <laughs> right. would even enter my my consciousness at that point. And yet uh, I find myself full of joy, full of uh, enjoying this journey that I'm on now and recognizing the role that it plays in in my life. And, and what's interesting is, is that in my personal life, in my physical life, in the world, the ego driven world that we operate in, you know, um, uh, we still have to make a living, we still have to go off and do these different things. It's changed that dramatically as well. I've become sure. a much kinder, I was, I've always been a nice person, but I became much more thoughtful and empathetic and much more aware I believe, of how other people are feeling and receptive to the energy that they put off and the way that that impacts me and the people around them. And I, I, it that's does bring you to advantage. a whole different level of understanding of so many things. It's like it adds a whole aspect to your life you didn't even know was you know, could exist. Don't you exactly. find that's true? It's a doubt. Oh, absolutely. Otherwise, well, you'd a, never find. Yeah, as, a, as an executive, I coach a lot of uh, – 
a lot of people and and I walk through I have people that report to me and and I help them overcome some of the challenges and it's ironic because many of the challenges that people face even in business is is psychological it's a perspective shift and and when you have a perspective that looks at things differently you can relate things in ways that people say oh I never looked at it that way you know? <laughs> yes and, and exactly you know it's it's um it makes for some interesting conversations <laughs> for sure now let's talk about because you you do mentoring work don't you with for, yes. for members of helping parents heal yes C- can you talk about that a little bit what 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 do you hear from them how do you see them change and grow what what do they need what tell us about that so many parents when they start down this journey uh and especially, and now I'm. I, there's a bias that I will share, and that is that the bulk of the people that I interact with are people that have already gone through to helping parents heal. Uh-huh. Um, I'm I'm listed uh, on the website as one of the caring listeners. I'm very easy to reach. If somebody uh, parents reach out to me, I I always uh, set aside the time as quickly as I can to talk to them because I remember how very difficult it was in the early stages, and and initially my goal is to just give them hope. It's that it's going to be okay and that they can make a choice. They can decide how they want to deal with this grief. And most people that have opened themselves up to this and have, and have taken the opportunity to go to something like Helping Parents Heal and, and avail themselves of the resources that are available, they, they are already kind of on the road to healing and so usually what I what I find is that people ask me very thing, the very things that you were asking earlier. Um, how do I connect? You know, tell me the tell me the mechanical steps that I need to take so that I can experience what you're experiencing. That's what I want. And the response that I give people is that, you know, the experience that I have is unique to me and the experience you have is going to be perfectly tailored for what you need in this lifetime to experience. Right. There's purpose to all of this. And if you're just looking to recreate exactly what I did, you're going to be disappointed. Yes. There's maybe a possibility. There's a there's a possibility that you're going to have the exact same experience, but it's unlikely because we're all aspects of the same consciousness. So each one of us has our own unique experiences. And so one of the things that I really focus on is. Um, the separation that people feel. So they, most parents, when they say, oh, well, I want to just be able to connect with my child, I, I want to feel that connection. And the challenge is that they look at themselves through a material lens and they look at their child intellectually through a spiritual lens. And so you're saying, I'm, a mater- I'm this material body and I want to connect to this spiritual being. Yes. And the reality is you have to shift your perspective to recognize that you are a spiritual being. Yes. You're, yes. You just happen to be constrained for this brief period of time in this physical body. That's all. And when you allow yourself to believe that first, it becomes so much easier to connect with the spiritual aspects of the people that you love that are around you. And that's the single most important thing is to shift and become more soul centered You know, focus on that's who you are. You're not this, the chemical reactions of your brain. It may, we have all the appearances of it. You know, we can be administered uh, certain classes of drugs and it alters our perception of reality. Uh, we can go to sleep. We can wake up. We can have these different things that create this really profound illusion that our consciousness is contained behind our eyes, between our ears, and in front yes. of the back of our heads. That's what it feels exactly. like. That's right. And exactly. That's the, and, that's, and this is an important part of the human experience because it allows us to truly learn the lessons that we're here for. It allows yes. us to truly experience everything that we're meant to experience. Because if you knew that this was a game all along, if you didn't have any doubts at all, <laughs> right. then – then you'd kind of go, eh, it's a game. I'm just going to hit the reset button. I'm yeah. going to, I, I, you know, I'm tired of this. Chill I'm, out. I'm going right. to go do something else now. Okay. Yeah, and exactly it, right. No, yeah. no, so, this is, this is real and it can be very painful, but it's all for a purpose. And since yeah. we know that our loved ones 
are eternal. Our children are waiting for us. Our pets are even waiting for us. Yes. And they're, everybody's healthy, happy, young, and it's all terrific. Um, that does ease the burden, I think, a little bit when you know for sure. Absolutely. It's so important. And and that's where uh, being able to challenge those belief systems. And I think, you know, we all we all come into this life and we grow uh, as uh, into adults. And, and obviously, I'm speaking specifically to parents, um, either parents that have lost a child or parents that have experienced the, the edges of that loss. Right. Uh, we, we we walk in encumbered with all of these different beliefs and people throw these different belief systems at us and, and it's up to us individually to find the thing that resonates with us, that makes us feel like this is good, this this feels right. And yes. the, the the way that I approach this is, is that if you feel that your belief system is serving you, then it means that you are able to have a happy and productive life. And if you're not, the belief system is yours to change. Only you can believe something. Nobody right. can ever That's make right. you believe something. Right. And so it, 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 as long as you're introspective and long as you're curious and you're allowing yourself to experience these different things, it gives it opens the door for some profound experiences if you, if you allow it in. And that's the thing people have to overcome. I have had um, bereaved parents tell me that it was, of course, the most horrible thing that ever happened to them. But they... One woman said to me, you know, I think I was never really alive until until I lost him. And mm-hmm. I had to, you know, she's, you found Davy again, and, and I had to try to find him again. I went to a whole different level in my life. I think that you do that. I think that that's what happens. It's a part of your life you never even explored, but it's you also. It makes you more alive in a, in a very wonderful way. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the the way that my life has evolved is beyond just the spiritual side of this and the awakening that's happened. It's also profoundly affected the the life that I have and the relationship I have with every single person I interact with, from my closest friends and family and my, my wife and my daughters to the, the people that I just interact with casually. Um, right. it, it has a profound impact on the way that you look at life. You value the journey more, I believe. It, it, because it's not, the, you know, life is this, um, Alan Watts talks about the, the journey of life is more like a dance or music. Yes. Uh, you know, it's not about the end. You know, it's not about the, the where you end up in a dance. It's not about the final crashing chords at the end of the music. You're not building up to the end. You're actually enjoying the process. That's the whole thing. And yes, um, so we're meant to enjoy this life. It's not. It's not like okay, I, I've got. A, I've got this burden I have to carry through life. Well, you can look at it that way if that's what you feel is what's best going to serve you, or you can look at this as this profound gift. And if you open that gift and you accept that gift and you say, okay, now how does this make my life better? Then I would offer that you can ex- you can gain the most out of this life. You can gain the most out of this experience, and it's probably something you won't want to repeat. I, I think we should stress here that nothing about losing a child is good. It's the most horrible experience you can have. When you read Finding Davy, you will see the man who's talking to us now so beautifully completely ripped open and raw. I mean, he describes how he felt at first and how horrible it was. But the great thing about it is that your children on who are, I don't even like to use the term on the other side, they're right there with you. They just don't have a body anymore, but they're right there closer than they ever were before. And they help their parents in ways that I think no one else who loses anyone really gets helped. And those parents grow in wonderful ways. Um, and you're you're a shining example of exactly what happens. It's, it's beautiful. Your life is much richer than it was before, and you even you even have him still in your life. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's yes. all good. It is all yes. so good. Now yeah. let's talk about helping parents heal. I remember when this organization started, and and Elizabeth Boisson, I think, is the person who started it, and. So earnest, so she had lost her son. She wanted to help people and reaching out. And I wish her the best, but this is a big job she's undertaken to start this. And it's grown so wonderfully and doing such wonderful work. Talk about it a little bit. Yeah, so Helping Parents Heal, it's a nonprofit that's dedicated to assisting parents that have lost a child and to becoming what we call shining light parents. 
Um, those are parents that have been able to to get beyond the grief and see the greater reality, as you would say, Roberta, um, yes. in in this entire process. And so what um, Helping Parents Heal does is we provide support and resources to aid parents in that healing process. And usually this is uh, goes uh, goes in line with our Facebook groups or our uh, local chapters where people will come together as a, as a group and be able to talk and share their experiences. Uh, I've met so many parents through these vehicles uh, that are just extraordinary people. And yes. they're experiencing the beginnings of what is an absolutely profound journey. And it's difficult and it's hard. And you see this incredible display of character, this incredible uh, ability to adapt and to learn and to grow and uh, being a part of fostering that and being being able to pay back what others in these groups have given to me is why it's such an important group. Um, the other aspect of this is that it is not dogmatic in any way. It's open. Right. Um, if you if you are Buddhist or Muslim or you're Catholic or Christian or uh, Protestant or Lutheran, it doesn't matter. Um, this isn't about a specific dogmatic way of looking at it. It is uh, open ended and part of that healing process. So you find the thing, the aspect of this that best serves you. That's the that's the power, in my opinion, behind this group. I, I hear people who have had any contact with it rave about it, so I'm so, so happy. This is just what I've always hoped, ever since I first met Elizabeth, what I always hoped would come of it, and it's just still growing. It's all of the United States now, right? There are local chapters, or you can start yes. a local chapter. Yep. Is, is, is it in other countries too now? It is, yes. Um, we've got a pretty heavy contingent in the UK now. Um, and there are groups uh, all over the world. This is, and I don't see this uh, slowing down. It, it's uh, if you look at uh, the event that we have coming up, uh, the Helping Parents Heal Conference. It's our second one. Uh, yes. It is coming up here in April in South Carolina. It's already we've got a, a very long waiting list to attend the conference. So, wow. Um, it yeah it booked up pretty quickly and wow. so we have uh, we have, have a lot to of start using a bigger hotel dear uh, yeah we have a we have a lot of amazing guests that are showing up uh, a lot of mediums a lot of spiritual teachers um, it it's uh, going to be a really uh, really really uh, compelling event very moving event I'm really excited about it. It's April 16th to 19th of 2020 at the Charleston Marriott at Lockwood Boulevard in Charleston, South Carolina. And if you go to helpingparentsheal.org, you can learn more about it. Um, I hope that you make some parts of it available to people who maybe didn't get in on time. Yeah, there's usually uh, a roundup that will that will happen. I, I don't know the logistics behind it. Um, I'm not that involved in the planning of it. Um, I'm just promoting it and talking about it uh, as a member. So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that they'll be recording a lot of this so that the parents that weren't able to attend can get at least uh, some of the information that's presented there. Well, in a few weeks, we'll have Brian Smith with us. He's a, a very old friend of mine, and he lost a daughter, and now he's doing all kinds of things with Helping yeah. Parents Heal. He's become a dynamo, and I think yeah. he's on the board, so he's going to talk he with is. us about it, too. Yeah, Brian is amazing. He is, is he a, wonderful? He, he you just is love a him? wonderful guy, yeah, um, and also very, very into meditation, so uh, hint, hint, bring that up. I will, of yeah. course, of course. You know, it's a love fest whenever I see him. Um, yeah. But can you tell us, sort of summarize what, how you're feeling now? You're you're feeling energized. It's clear and peaceful, and and connected with with all your family wherever they are. It you seem so you seem even more at peace than you were the last, when we last spoke. That was only six months ago. Yeah, it's an evolving process. And, and once you accept this into your life, and it's funny because it almost sounds like religious terminology that I'm using, you know, accept Jesus into your life. No. It, instead, I'm saying accept the greater reality, if you will, into your life yes. and allow it to allow yourself to, to adapt that and adopt that and not make it feel like I have to pretend you don't have to anything. You're right. You do. It's all your own. Exactly. You are always part of it. You've always been part of it. What you're doing is acknowledging that and inviting it into your heart in ways that you otherwise could not have done. So, yes, it's good to call it the greater reality. Yeah. That's what it really always is. Yeah, I, I think that that when people look at this as a 
um, as a challenge to be overcome. I, I think that's okay. We, we, you know, some of the most um, profound experiences I've had and some of the most uh, valuable experiences I had, I've had in my life uh, have come as a result of things that were initially really hard, um, right. things that were a challenge. Right. And if you think back on your life and you think about all of the different things that created anxiety, you know, somebody loses a job, uh, uh, you know, a, a relationship fails, a child is lost, whatever that is, there's these, we, we have all of these kinds of events that happen in our life. But when you look back on it, it's like, oh my gosh, that if you allow it, it can be the best thing that ever happened. Yes, in, it, in it, important it ways, enabled, yes. It enabled a level of growth that you would never have encountered had everything gone nice and smooth and easy and right. no challenges or diversity. It just means that we're trying. It's, it's part of life. You know? Now, if people wanted to contact you, how would they do that? Um, the easiest way is if you go to findingdavy.com. That has uh, some information about the book. And down at the bottom, it has my contact information. Uh, I welcome uh, anybody that's really suffering from grief. I, I'm I'm not a certified grief counselor. I'll be honest. I'm just a person. That's all I am. And I have a perspective on this uh, that I care about other people and I desperately want to to contribute to the healing that people need. So yeah. encourage people to to reach out. That's findingdavy.com. We'll have this now. Do you still use davidallison.com? I do. That's uh, that's where my my personal blog is. Um, I honestly, I, I have not kept up on my personal blog like I probably should. Oh, we all go through those phases. I yes, <laughs> I, I am not as prolific as you are, and I'm gonna. I'm just gonna tell you, Robert. I, I've said this to you before. I love your blog. I love the perspective that you have and the way that you challenge so many of the ways that people look at the relationship they have with Jesus, the way that Christianity has evolved, and the way the teachings of the church have have kind of changed the perspective. And, and the way that you bring that to light and the knowledge that you have is just so profound and just <laughs> it's just a you're wonderful very, experience you're, you're very sweet to say that uh, we we put a lot of effort into it thomas and i my guide um yeah. and he's the one he's driving the train i'm just sort of along for the ride but um, i do enjoy it very much and i love so many people contact me and talk about it i love that i love hearing yeah. from people what a gift it is that some people want to reach out to me i just love it yeah. i'm so sorry we have to but we're actually almost over time here um i, I Big hug to you. We're going to have to do this again because if you're this popular, I certainly want to be part of your popularity circle here. So um, we, we'll we'll be in touch again, and we'll, we'll we'll do this again. You always have wonderful things to say, and bless you for the work you do. Bless you. I'm I'm grateful, and I'm sure so many other people are too. Back at you, Roberta. I really enjoy the time I get to spend with you. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so glad you could be with us today. And please never forget that you, you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began and you never will end. When you really get what that means, it will transform your life for the better in every possible way. Next week, our guest will be someone else who has also been popular with our listeners. Peter Wright will be here for, believe it or not, the seventh time. He is a beautiful man who uses hypnosis in a sensitive and powerful way to help us connect with our loved ones, with our guidance teams, with our own inner selves. Whatever problem we have, he can help you solve it using hypnosis. And I know that. I have twice gone to him, and he's been, done a beautiful job both times. I need to find time again. He tells, it, tells me that many Seek Reality listeners have contacted him and been helped by him. And frankly, I have heard from a few people who are overwhelmed with how happy they are with him. So I said, okay, you've got to come back again. We have to have all the popular people back as, as often as possible. So he will be here next week. And he's going to be talking about what he calls Heal Yourself. Heal Your Life, Guided Visualizations into the Fifth Dimension. Now, there's only three or four, so fifth is new to me. I'm anxious to hear what he has to say. And so I hope you'll be joining us. You'll be joining us next week, too, because I think you'll, you'll like it. This week, we've been chatting with our dear friend, David Allison, and his son in spirit, Davey. David is, as we said, frankly, a business big shot, and Unfortunately, and in some ways beautifully, in, on July 20th, 2016, his life was transformed when his 24-year-old son, who clearly had planned this, no question in my mind, and I know none in David's, he transitioned at the age of only 24. And the book that 
that David Allison wrote, that's A-L-I-S-O-N, one L, is called Finding Davy, A Father's Search for His Son in the Afterlife. And I recommend this strongly to anyone who has had a loss of a young person, even if it's not your own child, because it's. I thought it was transformational. Of course, as you, I told you this at the start of this this episode. I I had an experience very close to it, but fortunately, my daughter came back to me. Still, when I read his book, it was very moving. I had me in tears too, and it, it was it's transformational. So I urge his book on anyone who feels that maybe maybe feels called to read it. I think it's important, too, to always be aware if anyone loses a child or has a friend who loses a child, that helpingparentsheal.org is the place to go. They're always there. And they're all, everyone I've ever met who was associated with Helping Parents Heal is just like David, although maybe David's a little more so, but they're all wonderful beacons of light and love. And there is life beyond the loss of a child. And it's a transform, it's a different life, but it's transformational for you in many ways. And it's a gift from your child. We're told that by those that we used to think were dead. Every child who dies is a sub-adult planned it as a gift to their parents so they could be transformed. And you see them again. This is just like that you sent them to summer camp. You'll be with them again very soon. This the, the Helping Parents Heal Conference, I'm amazed to say, is already sold out, but they'll come up with ways so that everyone can participate. And there's always next year. Um, but again, helpingparentsheal.org is where to go. Now, as you know, I have nonfiction books, which I don't have time to talk to you about now, but they're on my website. Um, they're available in bookstores. Usually you have to order them because they're not current books. And um, they're available, of course, on Amazon.com. And they're available, the adult books are also available as um, audio books, which I, which I read myself. I enjoyed that very much. We have another one coming out in April, and I'm going to have to get busy and do that audio book too. If you want to talk about anything at all, just remember, I always answer emails. It can take four or five days at this point because I get many, many a day. But contact me through the contact block on robertagrimes.com and I will answer your email. Just give me a little time. And um, I really enjoy hearing from people and I love the gift that many people give me to simply let them, uh, uh, let me help them with whatever their problems are. So, there's that available to you. And, of course, th- thank you to my wonderful friend David for saying that I do blog every week and more. I get more and more comments and, and just interest from people in my blog posts because I am talking to you about what the evidence tells us is true about the greater reality and especially about what God really is, who Jesus truly is, and all of the things that we tend to think all you have to do is believe. I'd rather know, wouldn't you? Well, we do know now. So that's what my blog is often about. And meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy and please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, always knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being. And in all of reality, you are infinitely loved. It's impossible to express how much you are loved. There's really nothing to fear. So we'll talk next week. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.